Veterinary Receptionist Week is here. This week, we've got the founder of Veterinary Receptionist Week for the United States, and we're going to tell you her story, but more importantly, we're going to praise those folks that help us in the veterinary profession this week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine and one of the unsung heroes, the stalwarts behind the scenes that actually make our job doable and really help us do all the things that we need to do outside of patient care are the veterinary receptionists. And too often, they don't get the the accolades they deserve. And this week, we've got the founder of the Veterinary Receptionist Week. And we're going to talk to you about not only her story, but why veterinary receptionists are more important than maybe you give them credit for sometimes. But before we get into giving all that credit, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, you know, we talk a lot about support staff here, right? I mean, I'm a veterinarian, and so I have to have managers and veterinary technicians and associates, but we don't often go out and openly praise all the other folks, right? I mean, we've got assistants and kennel people and groomers and, of course, receptionists. And Becky, the thing that I've always loved about the receptionists is they, I do believe, really take so much of the brunt of of sometimes the, the hard stuff, and they just aren't ever praised for it. So this week, tell us about our special guest that we're going to introduce to the viewfinders. Well, I'm like fangirling. I can't help it. I was really excited because we started talking about obviously this week being veterinary receptionist week, an important week for us to focus this podcast on just sending out some praise and love to our our customer service reps, CSRs, receptionists. I, I, I will talk about the terminology. And I was doing a little research because, you know, I'm an investigative journalist out here trying to give facts. And what I came up with <laughs> was I found out of Ethel Pollack. And Ethel Pollack is actually the brilliant mind who initiated Veterinary Receptionist Week in our industry. I reached out on LinkedIn. She was super responsive and able to be with us today to have this conversation. So I, like I said, I'm like fangirling. Ethel, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here, Dr. Ward and RVT Becky. I'm super happy. Gosh, and, and Ethel, I got to tell you, I I love this. Viewfinders, I think every week I say something to the effect of, you know, there are these people out there, they see something, they want to do some change, and they just go do it. And Ethel, you're one of those people, right? So just give us, take us back in time to why did you do this? I mean, why did you want to create this recognition week? Hello, my name is Ethel, and I have been working in the veterinary field for about 30 years. I started as a veterinary receptionist, worked as a hospital manager, and currently do marketing at my hospital. I love veterinary receptionists and all of the staff members, but I feel like my heart has always been at the front desk. I started celebrating Veterinary Receptionist Week about 18 or 19 years ago in the animal hospital that I worked at in Reseda, California. We loved celebrating Veterinary Technician Week, and I heard a few people around the hospital saying, oh, what about the receptionists? What about the other part of the hospital? And of course, the receptionists are the heart of the hospital. And I thought, let's have a celebration for what in the olden days was the other half of the hospital. There are many different roles now in a veterinary hospital, but 
when I got started, there was sort of the receptionists, the doctors, and the technical staff. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So we started celebrating during Secretary's Week, which is the last full week in April. And at my hospital, we started calling it Veterinary Receptionist Week. And it was just sort of a natural transition. And I worked at uh, the hospital that I'm mentioning, McClave in Reseda, for 14 years. And we celebrated every year. And we had a Technician Week celebration and and a Reception Week celebration. They're about six months away from each other. So seemed like a natural kind of thing. Yeah, perfect division of celebrations between kind of not having them back to back so they're compared, but being able to say everybody deserves a week. So now at the time you were working as a receptionist, right? You you were in that role. Well, that was actually I was, I believe, the reception supervisor at the time and the hospital manager not long after. But our hospital was 24-hour, a a big hospital, but we all sort of worked together and helped out in in different spots like many hospitals do. So I've always felt my heart was in the reception area, I guess you could say. Um, I feel like even though I've worked in many different roles in the animal hospital, that my heart's always at the front desk. Right. I love that. Your heart's at the front desk. My wife, Laura, would agree with that as well. You know, she used to always say that not only are they arguably one of the more important elements of the entire experience, but they're the bookends of the experience, right? They start yes. and finish it. And I think that's, there's a lot of stress and and they kind of, again, as I mentioned in the intro, Ethel, they're, they're really, I guess, they, they just don't get the recognition that they deserve. So you're sitting there at this point in your career and you're going, you know, okay, I'm the supervisor of this receptionist of this large vet hospital and I want to recognize them. And so there's already this existing thing called Secretary's Week. So let's just kind of co-opt it. I love that. So what did you guys do in the early days? Like, did you buy everybody pizza, bring in a cake? I mean, how, how did you celebrate it? In the very early days, I can remember that I made some little note cards for each of the receptionists and asked our doctors at one of our meetings to please sign, write a special note to each of our receptionists, something individual for them, thanking them or appreciating what yeah, they yeah. do. And and I think that we had um, cupcakes one day, if I'm not mistaken. So nothing too extravagant, but just a little something to recognize everyone. So honestly, though, I can say... A handwritten note, a little yeah. bit of time and a personal yep. statement, the moment of feeling seen. And, and again, guys, like I just want to say, and, and Miss Ethel, I don't know how old you are and I would never ask you to tell us here <laughs> on a podcast, but what I'm pointing out is what you're saying that this was quite some time ago, right? Like you said, this was how long 18, ago? 18 years ago. 18, or something? About, 18 years ago, right? Yeah. About 18 years. And I think it was 19 years ago when I, when I counted, I'm, I'm just turned 50, which I'm happy to Congratulations. say. Yeah. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> and, and over the years, I went on to work at, um, another hospital or two. I worked at McClave for 14 years and then worked at veterinary cancer group in Southern California for 11 years. But each time I would bring veterinary reception week along with me. And then I would let our veterinary neighbors know and the people that I kind of uh, am friendly with anyone in the veterinary area. Hey, it's veterinary reception week. And nobody really objected. Really? Why not? It's a celebration (laughs) week. Why not celebrate? Right. And a few years back, I started um, 
basically just messaging people on Instagram and saying, hey, veterinary reception week is coming up. It's the last full week of April. And people responded. They started uh, mentioning it on their Instagram pages uh, maybe three or four years ago. I said, hey, use hashtag veterinary reception week so that we can share our ideas. And I started seeing it popping up here and there a little bit, a um, little bit to start. And it kind of got bigger and bigger as a couple large uh, Instagram pages or a couple veterinary um, celebrities started mentioning it. And it kind of took off from there. Yeah, and I recall that when you were really pushing that hashtag, and I think we helped out a little bit. As, <laughs> Absolutely. As uh, you know, Ethel, the other thing, too, that I just want to mention, the reason this is important to me, and again, I'm now going to put back on my perspective from a practice owner and a veterinarian, you know, owner, if you will, is the fact that turnover in the vet hospital is something we talk about a lot, and it's hard to hire and attract and retain great staff. But I'll, I'll tell you this, guys, I'll tell you a secret that we discovered a long time ago. You really need a stable front staff, Ethel, in my opinion, because it, when clients walk in the door, it's the first and last person that they see. And if they see a new face every time, let me tell you what they think. Oh my oh, gosh, yeah. who's, who is, who is this place? What, what do they do? Every time I come in there, they got some new people, right, Ethel? So I, I guess part of this recognition back in the day was maybe also your attempt, not only just to celebrate and recognize your existing staff, but I would argue that you might have also saying, how do we keep these great people? Is that that factor in at all? Like, you know, again, recognition, responsibilities, roles, all that stuff is really part of retention. Absolutely. So I, I think that a receptionist who has been with a company, a, an animal hospital for many years and is a great communicator and, and loves their job, I feel that clients will return year after year and pet after pet yeah. to Honestly, to communicate with someone that they're comfortable with, we all know, or, or I know anyhow, when I go to a restaurant, I don't necessarily always notice the food as much as I notice the service. Yes. So people can um, relate to the front desk, I think, sometimes a bit more than they can relate to the medicine side. And I really think that receptionists can keep the clients coming back year after year. So Absolutely. What, just what you said. I, any way to appreciate and recognize and, and let our receptionists know that they're so important to us, I think is great. It, it, I, as When I was a technician, every time I open, answered the phone, I, I regretted it with all of my being, <laughs> you know, like with every, every ounce of my soul, because I am not that person. I don't have an empathetic voice. Like I have a very... Um, sort of condescending voice. I don't mean to, but just like the way that my tone is and, and sometimes my cadence comes across condescending, especially if I don't think you're thinking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like, it's like as clear as my face. I don't mean to be. Second of all, I talk too fast. I don't, I, I don't, I, for having a podcast, I guess I shouldn't knock myself here, but like, I am not the person to be on the phone with a person. I don't have that skill. And it's I don't a think people, skill, right, yeah, right. people, I don't think people realize it is a literal skill, listening, yeah. reflecting the, every person who calls wants to be the most important part of your day. They, they don't have the advantage of sitting in the, in the, um, reception area or waiting room, whatever you guys call it in your practice and see what else is going on to be empathetic with what's going on in your day. They're on the other end of the phone. They want to be important. And I think you're, you're really right. Because what I know is like when I walk into my 
pets veterinarian, I want to feel like they know me, they know my pet, they know why I'm there, because all of those things are going to make me trust what they're going to do in terms of treatment. The the front desk, just like they used to say, there is evidence that the shave job is what makes a person think, reflect the quality of the surgery itself. Absolutely. I really sometimes believe that, like that interaction in the front office makes people feel more or less confident in the veterinary care. And it, it really, truly cannot be said enough. It your front staff can make or break your clinic. You may not even get a person on the books for an appointment if that front staff on the phone interaction is not good. And I think they take so much more than we ever even see. So I personally, I think that because we don't spend as much time up there with them seeing they are almost secluded, we really do miss the essence of what their job really is and and what an impact they make in our clinics. So I personally am so grateful to have this time to celebrate them. Yeah. And Ethel, the other thing too, that, you know, we, we, we really do divide and I like what you said earlier. And I think, you know, this is because uh, as our generation entered into practice, you know, Ethel, I'm, I'm kind of putting myself, you know, like dating myself, but, you know, we, we really branched from veterinary medicine, which is the emphasis where veterinary technicians and credentialed vets, all the, you know, that's where we roll to veterinary practice, which is where the business aspects come in, which is where you roll, right? So the veterinary receptionist. And, and I used to always say that the most humble person in the entire vet clinic has to be the receptionist because let's face it, you know, they don't, they don't get the praise when the surgery goes right or wrong. They only get the flack, as you said, Becky. And so they've really got to be these humble people. And I love what you also said, Becky, the best receptionists are really the people that know how to pass the ball. That's what we used to always call it in our clinics, Ethel. You know, it's like, these are the people that they don't try to score the basket. You know, I'm using yeah. a basketball analogy right now, but, but you know, they, they pass it. That's all they do is they just, they guard. They defend, right? Because they will keep your vets, your associates and techs from all the, the brunt of the, the force from some negative clients. They guard, they defend, and they pass. Ethel, really, I mean, in your, your perspective, what are some of those attributes that make an excellent receptionist? Well, I think what you mentioned is is right on. The receptionists bring people together in a way. They're bringing the families to the doctor, not not just physically, but in a communication way as well. Right. They're uh, helping the technicians to communicate with the clients, um, helping the just the client to or the families to get their information across. Uh, I feel like there are some families who might feel more comfortable letting the receptionist know things than they might when they're discussing with the medic, when they're talking with the medical staff. So a a receptionist who is a good communicator and able to kind of work with all different kinds of personalities and loves to bring people together. I think that is such a valuable person. Um, I, I believe that great receptionists are also sort of solution finders Many things come up during the day, all different types of scenarios, all at once sometimes. And I think being able to prioritize and find solutions for families to be able to get what they need for their pet care and feel comfortable and the doctors to be able to get their information across and the technicians to be able to share the care that that they're giving uh, for the patients. I, I think all these things are so important and receptionists are just doing so many things all at once. And I I think that 
such an important part of the hospital. Um, oh, and, and they can they can save your fanny, guys. If you're a vet or a vet tech listening today, let me tell you that receptionist, that last bit of exchange before that client leaves, can make or break you. Right? I mean, absolutely. I mean, they can throw you under the bus, or they can <laughs> put that big shield around you and say, "Uh, uh-uh, uh," you know. And and I love that fact. What I what I hate too, you know, Ethel, in my experience is that so often veterinary professionals, again, going back to the vet medicine versus vet practice, you know, sort of philosophy or ethos, if you will, they will, they will perform a pawn sacrifice on that front staff, right? I mean, they will, they will be like, you know, Hey, you go deal with that. Or, you know, you go handle this or whatever. And, and that's really not fair either. You know, if, if you had a magic wand, Ethel, what would you tell all the managers and the owners and the vet techs out there today? How, how could they, why should they respect, I guess, receptionists? I think we should respect receptionists because they are the the individuals that are often going to make or break your practice. And sometimes you're um, sharing some information in a super short form that you want the receptionist to flesh out and, and communicate in a um, gentle way to a client. And, and they're able to do that. I think along those lines, when the receptionists come to you as a veterinarian or a registered veterinary technician or anyone else in the hospital for assistance, remember that they're helping you out all day long. So give them that assistance. I feel like when they go to ask him having a little challenge with this client, can you help me out? The answer should, if at all possible, be absolutely, because all day long they're helping the hospital out. I love that. And also it's it's so public and social. You know, Becky, I think one of the things that that we take for granted oftentimes on our side of the ledger, the vet techs and the veterinarians, is we are doing most of our work, most of our work out of sight, right? I mean, you know, so we're in the treatment area, in the surgical suite. We're doing a lot of the stuff of medicine that's not visible, but yet everything literally, Ethel, that the receptionists are doing is on display. I mean, Quite Absolutely. frankly, in the lobby on display. I mean, you're, you're up there, you're like, like, like in a glass, you know, um, cage you or something. You are literally on display. You are <laughs> right. a, a piece of right. art. And and one thing I think I want to mention too, and not forget is. When I'm out on the road educating, especially about things like osteoarthritis and movement issues in dogs, I'm like, hey, your CSRs are prime. They are watching them sit. They're watching them get in and out of the car, all of those things. Uh, I I don't want to fail to mention there are phone triage. There are initial triage. You know, unfortunately, we have so many folks who will say something not realizing that they are in an absolute medical emergency. You know, my dogs tried to throw up a couple times. Nothing's really coming up. You know, when that receptionist asks and says, oh, okay, you have a 12-year-old Labrador? <laughs> Let's go ahead and get on in here. Um, stat. You know, when when somebody says they're squinting, um, if our CSRs don't know that that eyes are emergencies and always emergencies, that's our patient, right, who ends up suffering. So I think the knowledge base. So not only do they have to be extraordinary people, but they have this amazing knowledge base that can honestly save lives. And I I think we have to think of them too as our front lines. Yep, sure. Absolutely. And and I think that every receptionist, I, I would say every receptionist that I've known has been very interested in continuing education and learning more, learning about pet emergencies, yes. about um, about arthritis and, and just every kind of thing that might be asked on a telephone call. And I think that sometimes we think, oh, receptionists, that's a 
person who we can get in without a lot of training, a lot of experience. And sometimes we get wonderful people with no experience. Sometimes you have the most experienced person come in, but either way, we need to make sure that they get a good amount of knowledge under their belt before they get to um, work with the clients, in my opinion, because there's questions that, like you said, a dog has been vomiting, our cat hasn't been eating for three days. If you don't know to ask, if you don't know it's an issue, um, it can really be an issue for the pet, obviously. So I think really educating the receptionist on those important things as soon as possible is, is, is helpful. And I find receptionists really love that kind of thing. Okay. So Ethel, I want to now, as we kind of switch, uh, you know, a little bit of, of the, the emphasis today is as retention. And and I think that for too many veterinary receptionists that are maybe you're listening today or managers, they view this as as a kind of a, a disposable job, right? Like there's no career path. Like they don't see a, a, a future in it, right? And and we treat them that way. I think largely they're underpaid. You know, these people, we don't invest in training, right? So, I mean, when I'm looking at success in vet practice, you know, and I remember years ago us saying, look, you know, we have receptionists that are making the same amount of money as our registered veterinary technicians. And I remember people's heads just exploding and people getting angry. And we were like, wait a second, you know, this is like Becky said, this is kind of the front line. And it, again, it's not an either or proposition. This is one of all. And so, so Ethel, if we, if we look, you know, at retention and trying to keep great people like you in the profession, I mean, how are we going to shift this mindset to this is a throwaway, you know, it's a dead end job. There's no future here. How do we get vet managers and owners to respect them enough to pay them, give them the benefits and, and the support they need? I think it's super important for veterinarians and the owners of the practices to understand that receptionists are such a key part of the hospital and fair pay, healthy working conditions, flexibility with schedule or whatever may be important to that individual. If you put a little bit of time and effort into making sure that they are well cared for, I believe you'll get the same back in, in, in huge, huge amounts. I think that the idea of a receptionist position being a short-term job or a turnover position should kind of be thrown out the window. We want to have receptionists paid well, and we want to make sure that they're a part of the hospital and able to contribute, able to learn, and everything you'd want to do for your veterinarians and technicians, I think you should try to do as much as possible for your receptionists because they really can be a key part of your long-term success if you try to invest in them. Right. And, and I think too often managers and owners, Ethel, believe that it's an a endless supply of you. You know, it's like, okay, well, we lost to a couple of this month, so we'll go get a couple of more. But I think they're missing the bigger picture here, right? These are specific skills. These are individuals that have an acumen and a desire or passion, if you will, for pets and animals and medicine and all that stuff. I mean, so again, get back to that. If I'm listening to an owner today and they're going, yeah, I hear you, Ernie, you know, and that sounds great. And maybe if I ever found somebody like Ethel, I'd try to keep them around. But, you know, for now, these are just a bunch of people that I don't even know if, I, you know, if they're going to stick around for a couple of years. How do you convince that person to say, guess what? They'll only stick around if you invest in them. How do you convince them of that? 
Well, it can be a challenge. I think that we have to realize that we're helping to create these people sometimes uh, right, when right. receptionists come in, they're not necessarily knowing that they're going to want to stay somewhere for 15 or 20 years or make a career out of becoming a, being a veterinary receptionist. But if um, they're treated well and made to be a part of the, I guess, veterinary family, you might say, I, I think that we can change that way of thinking. It, it, it takes just really looking at long-term success. Yeah. So if you have someone who's a great communicator, who cares about people, cares about the hospital, cares about pets, invest in them. Really let them know that they're important, not just with things like Veterinary Reception this week and, and the little things, although those do matter. But things like good wages and bring them into the conversation when you talk about what direction the hospital is going to go. How can we serve our clients better? Get their ideas. A lot of times they have great ideas and just haven't been asked about them. Really involve them. I, I think people like to be involved in the hospital and like to be heard. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Everybody <laughs> needs, you deserve Absolutely. to be heard. Okay. So as we wrap up today's conversation, Ethel, um, I know a lot of people are going to want the easy button and they're going to want to say, okay, let's just have a party for our receptionist this week and we're done. And I think there's a lot more to this. This is no different, Becky, than the vet tech conversations that we have where you got to pay them better. You got to give them better benefits. You've got to provide them with support and nurturing, right? I mean, so there's a whole lot more to this, but Ethel, what do you recommend for those clinics out there that are, have never done it before and they're thinking about celebrating it in some way, what's something unique or different that you think you should do for a, a veterinary receptionist team as opposed to maybe your techs or associates or whomever? Well, as you mentioned, um, great pay and great benefits. <laughs> right. Those things, those things are go, <laughs> go, right. go a long way. <laughs> but for celebration weeks, I've always thought it's important to let people know what they're going to expect throughout the year. So if it is technician week, let the whole staff know technician week is going to be this week. We're going to celebrate receptionists this week. Don't forget about your custodians and your supervisors and your doctors, you know, have a plan for everybody. Make a plan maybe at the beginning of the year, post it up somewhere. When you have your celebration weeks, if you're going to serve food, I think don't forget about the vegans and the gluten-free people. And, um, <laughs> when you, um, when you have uh, outings or whatnot, just try to consider everyone. I, I think that we're a diverse group of people and remembering to be mindful and considerate of all of our different personalities and all of, um, all of your, all of your team members is so important. And I, I really think individual kind of personalized things seem to make a difference. When I was um, just starting out in the veterinary field, my supervisor wrote me a, a, a little tiny handwritten note and gave me a $2 gift card to Baskin Robbins. And I, I literally still have that, that little tiny gift card and, the, and the, um, the note because I thought it was so nice that she made something special for me. I think taking the time to really recognize what the receptionists are doing and feature and spotlight their individual strengths and what they bring to the hospital can mean a lot to a lot of people. Yeah, I love that, Ethel. And I think you got it right at the beginning and today, and that is to make it personalized and individualized. And look, if you're an owner out there today, it doesn't take you very long at all to write out a simple little note, praise them, give a specific example of something that they do that you really appreciate and admire. And I think that goes a long way. And let me tell you guys, as an owner who's done hundreds of these cards over the years, it is, it is, I will tell you at my age now, and I'm 
56, Ethel, so I'm older. But, uh, you know, I can't believe the number of old employees that will randomly post pictures of a card I wrote them 25 years ago Aww. you know it's it blows my mind and and you realize the the significant and profound impact that these little acts of kindness and gratitude can really carry and really don't we all just want to be seen in our in our yeah. daily lives and in our work we want to we want to know that what we're doing is making a difference so showing your your staff that you see what they do individually really can have a big impact i believe yeah, I think oh, that's called 100%. emotional intelligence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. And it, I think it is a cherry on the the top that that ties it all together. You're absolutely right. And I don't know. I I just personally want to thank you for bringing that around and and bringing everybody's attention um, to finding a way to solidify celebrating, but also the last couple of tips you you brought in were were really important. I wanted to emphasize one of them in that I know. Um, I worked at a clinic once where there was like a manager's appreciation day or something. And the the front desk and the doctors kind of just got a plant and a card or whatever, but like the techs were all left out of it and we didn't get a chance to say thank you to our management. And so I, I really want to just emphasize what you said about including everybody as a chance to say thank you, because I think it is a really important part and making sure everybody knows everyone's getting celebrated at some point. Yeah, that that really is, Becky. I'm glad you you mentioned that again because Ethel, I, I kind of just that flew over my head because I'm not as smart as Becky. But you're, you're right, viewfinders. I mean, Ethel has, has got a very good point, and, and I'm glad that Becky reinforced it. The fact that if you're gonna recognize anybody, and again, this is for Vet Receptionist Week or Vet Tech Week or whatever, right? Include everybody because you never know. There might be like you might have a kennel person who wants to say something really heartfelt to the receptionist. I think you, I love Becky. Thank you. That's what I'm here for. But to, uh, kind of to segue to that and, and emphasizing everybody has a week, I just kind of wanted to point out recently NAFTA announced National Veterinary Assistant Day will be celebrated May 17th. And so just sort of when you're um, celebrating your assistance this week and you're, you, we've celebrated your technicians in October, make sure that your assistants know their day is coming up. NAFTA has officially designated and announced May 17th, 2023 is National Veterinary Assistance Day. Yeah. And, you know, Ethel, it's, it's funny. Um, I was talking to a veterinarian recently about, uh, and it, it was really about uh, Vet Tech Week. And this uh, owner, curmudgeon, <laughs> was like, golly, you know, seems like every week we got to celebrate somebody. I mean, I don't see why we don't do it like the old days, you know? And I'm like, what, you mean the bad old days? I mean, so guys, if you think that you're getting recognition week fatigue, remember, as Ethel said, every position, they just want to be seen and this is just that little time to spotlight them right everyone so else is getting lack of recognition <laughs> fatigue right. uh, that's that's what burnout Thank you. is exactly exactly <laughs> so again mind shift and ethel you've been a really important part of kind of shifting that Absolutely. I think that it's important to um, celebrate everybody as often as possible, recognize everyone as often as possible. But if you are going to have recognition weeks, just make sure everyone knows what's coming up. Last thing you ever want to hear in a practice is, when is our right. week coming up? Rather, <laughs> right. it's it's great to s announce this is what we're going to be do for, doing for celebrations. And, and then really on a daily basis, try to recognize what people are doing. Um, really just as often as you can. I I want to highlight that though, because if you are in a clinic where you have people saying, when is our week coming up or curmudgeons that are, are angry <laughs> that they have to celebrate you, 
you got a culture problem, baby. Like yeah, when we exactly, talk about you exactly. got a culture problem. Most people should be excited to celebrate everybody in the clinic because that means they feel celebrated on a regular basis. So if you've got that kind of attitude in your clinic, it means you've got folks walking around feeling unappreciated and feeling like they need a week to be appreciated. And so this should be an opportunity. Everybody's really excited to lift each other up. Well, Ethel, we want to lift you up. Where can people go to learn more about what you're up to with celebrating veterinary receptionists? Well, I made a website a couple uh, years back when I had some spare time, and it's <laughs> veterinaryreceptionistweek.com. And it's pretty basic, just sharing some of the photos and celebrations that I've seen on Instagram. I have an Instagram page that I try to be active on, and it's um, at vetreceptionzest. Um, and it, just basically some, some fun stuff. And I love sharing different things from some of the great organizations like Pride VMC and the um, AHA and Multicultural Veterinary uh, Association. Just all those guys that have wonderful things to celebrate every day. I, I try to put that out, out there in the world. Gosh, well, listen, I got to thank you so much, Ethel Pollack, the founder of Veterinary Receptionist Week. Again, this year it is April 23rd to the 29th. Uh, it's held every year in April. And and again, Ethel, thanks again for, for bringing attention to a position in the hospital that just often goes overlooked. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you both for your time. I I'm very much appreciate you allowing me to share information here. Gosh, well, if you'd like to share how you're celebrating Veterinary Receptionist Week, Becky, how can they share that with us? Oh my gosh, we want to see everything you're doing, hear about, and meet your receptionists, CSRs, whatever you call them. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Veterinary Viewfinder. We don't do the tweets anymore. Um, nah. Things are exploding over there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so you can also send us an email at veterinaryviewfinder at gmail.com. And Becky didn't mean that. We wish SpaceX the best <laughs> because we got to get off this planet. Ethel Pollack, thank you so much. Viewfinders, we will talk to you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you so much. Have a great receptionist week. <laughs>